Blog Talk Radio. The following has taken place during Total Sports Live. You know, with with Sanchez, we saw it last year. He 
he missed a lot of open throws last year. There were some opportunities that he missed. So it wasn't shocking to me when the play before the touchdown to Aguilar, it did not surprise me at all when I saw Sanchez miss a wide open Jordan Matthews. Like there was nobody within like three yards of him. After that play, I was just like, yep, that's, that's Sanchez. All right. No, you're uh, you're definitely right about that. Sanchez made some high throws, and you know, like I said, Mitch Jordan made him on an easy touchdown, easy touchdown. But thankfully, Nelson Aguilar, and, and even with that throw, Sanchez literally uh, overput Nelson Aguilar really in a in a, in a spot where he could, that was a kill shot if Gray Toler laid the hit. But somehow Aguilar turns around, puts a little fancy moves on him, goes the distance. We'll talk about Aguilar in a few minutes. But what did you see from Barkley and Tebow? Barkley did pretty did pretty well today, despite having that one spooky interception. He looked very confident in the pocket today in delivering the football. He looked very good, especially that one pass he had to Miles Austin down the sideline. Great throw. Before I say before I say my opinions on Matt Barkley, I want to talk to I want to talk <laughs> to Eagles Twitter directly. I want to talk to Eagles Twitter directly. Listen, all you guys that are saying that Matt Barkley needs to be the backup and Sanchez needs to be out of here. Stop it. I'm oh, telling yeah. you, stop it right now. Stop it. So first preseason game and Matt Barkley is going up against third and fourth team defense. Stop it. Seriously. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, very. That being said, Matt Barkley did look good. He did have some nice throws. He also had some... Nick Folesian off the back foot throws that we have all come to know, love, and or hate, depending I on the version. Nick Fol- I love that word, Nick Folesian. Nick Folesian. Um, and the interception, I mean, that uh, luck of the play, I guess. Things happen. Tipped at the line. Uh, defensive end making, made an acrobatic play. Linebacker was Johnny on the spot. There's nothing Barkley could have done on that one. Maybe tuck it down and run a little bit more, get the bootleg a little wider. But other than that, I'm not putting that on Barkley too much. Yeah, I, when I saw the interception, I was like, oh, my God, that was, like, so Barkley-esque. Like, that would happen to Matt Barkley. That kind of interception would happen to him. But like you said, it, you can't really, you know, put it on uh, put it on his, put it on him. And then on, on it's funny, you mentioned Eagle Twitter on Sports Radio this morning. Uh, who was it? John Barchard of Bleeding Green Nation Radio. Came up with this funny thing, like if Barkley comes in into the second half, it's like to the Barkley to the door. You're just leaving off the stadium if Barkley comes in the second half. So we didn't see him in the second half, but we see him majority of the second half. But like you said, the interception really wasn't his fault. But like you said, there was some Nick Foldian type thing in his backpedal, and Nick Foles is dead in Oakland this weekend, but we'll save that for a whole another day. Yeah, I'll save all my Nick Foles comments for after the Raider for after the Los Angeles Raiders, I mean the Oakland Raider game. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. You're already moving to Los Angeles. I'm, 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 ju- I'm jumping the gun a little bit. I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize, Raider, uh, Oakland Raiders Twitter. I apologize. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, also happening, uh, also had, also another quarterback got his, got his shine today and the world was watching. Skip Bayless was watching. Eagles Twitter was watching. The whole nation was watching. As the guy, formerly known as Timothy Tebow, 
made his back made his NFL re debut if you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. He made his debut with the Philadelphia Eagles. And Tebow, six to twelve, sixty nine yards, a touchdown. And um he had a rushing touchdown too. Tebow, for all the criticism that he has faced for the past couple of years, I have to say, he looked I won't say he looked great, but I will say he looked sort of more like a quarterback, if you, you know what I mean. He looked more like a quarterback. I mean, he looked like a quarterback in the sense that he looked like a guy that was dropping back to pass and throwing forward and connecting every once in a while. Yeah, he looked like a quarterback. <laughs> But I mean, there, there's still some things that you know. Keep, there were, there were some very duck-like throws coming out of his hands. Like he still got that. The the tight spiral consistently still isn't happening, and no. that's kind of a problem if you're trying to be a quarterback in this league and you can't throw a tight spiral every single time, mm-hmm. every single play. That's right. not something that's desirable on any level. And mm-hmm. the, the Tebow mania was high when he started off four for four and had a couple oh, yeah. of good-looking downfield throws. And immediately I'm thinking to myself, oh, Jesus, oh, God, i got to hear about this all effing week. I, I don't have the strength to do this. <laughs> but if i gotta listen, if I got to listen to this all week, thank God I'm going to California on Thursday so that I can listen about other frustrating things about the NFL. Oh, yeah. No, when you go over there, you'll just you'll be hearing a lot about are the Raiders moving to L.A.? Are the Rams coming to L.A.? Is San Diego coming to L.A.? What is going to happen in San Francisco? You're going to just get obliterated with just like a bunch of... Quick caveat. I'll, quick caveat. I'll say this about the L.A. situation. I said this on Facebook, so I'll repeat this real quick. It's the karma gods of football love us and they appreciate us very much, and they know we do. They'll make it so that the Raiders and Rams go to L.A. and San Diego is, and the Chargers are relegated to staying in San Diego. Just for comedic value. That would be amazing. Every time, yeah, every time, every time I hear you say relegate, I just automatically think like EPO. That's all I think. I want to hear the word relegated. Like, no, you can't go. You can't make it to the top. You got to stay there and deal with it. Like, suffer, suffer and quail. No, you got to suffer. You got to suffer with the sixty-year-old stadium. But yeah, um, quarterback play looked good. I, I mean, the main event doesn't happen until Saturday against Baltimore. That's the oh, main yeah, event yeah. for everybody. Then we're going to see what Bradford's going to do with this offense. Then we're going to see really what's going on with the quarterback group. Because if Bradford looks, if Bradford looks above average, we're ready to go. Like we don't need to see him anymore in the preseason. Maybe for like a quarter in the third preseason game. But if he looks good, comes out the gate looking real nice, then we're set at quarterback. Right. No, you're def- you're definitely right about that with Bradford not being you're right. That's gonna be the tough that's gonna be this the full speed defense and like I said, oh, I just hope the offensive line is ready to block. I mean, what I will quite essentially I just wanna see him on the drive or a series, you know. Just one of those. He could be a I don't care if it's a three and out, as long as he just makes a pass. That's attempted pass, you know, that'll be perfect. Unlike Mark Sanchez attempting a pass to Raleigh Cooper. We got all Raleigh Cooperish earlier to earlier to enter in the game getting Cooper on pump returns 
and uh, and, and getting and getting them involved in the offense a little early. We'll, but we'll, we'll 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 see more of that. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see so and, much more of that in the preseason. And maybe maybe it was first preseason game jitters. You know, Sanchez came out a little hot, and he mm-hmm. he, he came out a little ready to fire. Maybe that could contribute to a little bit of it. So I'm not taking too much stock in one or two drives of a preseason game when he's not really even the starting quarterback anyway. Yeah. So I'm not really worried too much about Mr. Sanchez. If he can run the offense effectively, which it looked like he could, he was just missing his throws. Yeah, definitely. And when the quarterback, they're going to miss throws in preseason happens because it's the first live game action. So, you know, it's definitely going to be it's going to be something to look forward to because it's all about like preseason said it's not about the it's not about the wins and losses how you develop an improvement and consistency so if Sanchez can get better from them throws then that'd be an upgrade but another player who had his coming out party as they're saying and he looked good was wide receiver Nelson Aguilar the kid has just the kid has speed he somehow turned that Sanchez touchdown pass into a touchdown. He made, I don't know if Greg Toller's, like, jock straps and ankles are still left there on Lincoln Financial Field, but somehow he put Toller in the spin cycle with just one move and was gone. I was just amazed at how he just went from, like, zero to 60 in a couple of seconds. Uh, Toller and Toller is actually having an MRI tomorrow at Jefferson Hospital to, to check on the structural integrity of his ankle. Uh, we'll get a report on that later on <laughs> later on the afternoon. I believe I believe I believe our good friend Elliot Shore Parks is gonna break some of that news down for us a little bit. <laughs> Hi I'm I'm waving. Hi Elliot, how are you? <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. Really appreciate it. <laughs> But Aguilar, what did you think about his um day his debut today? It was really solid. Even after the touchdown, he made the catches and you know was automatically thinking yards after the catch and was just going like he has a knack for getting the yards after the catch. What I liked about Aguilar is like he had the big he had the big touchdown catch, but he also had the one pass that went through his hands a little bit. But he came right mm-hmm. back. He jumped right on the field, um, caught another in route right over the middle, and turned inside. He's got yeah. he's got very good patience, very good vision for, at the wide receiver position. It's almost mm-hmm. like having another running back out there. You don't really see that. One, you don't really see that out of the wide receiver position a whole lot. Two, you definitely don't see that from a rookie. So nope. the fact that he's doing that now is very, very encouraging. No, it definitely is encouraging, and I said on Twitter tonight, and people were saying, "Are you serious when you said it?" I personally say, and I had to just, and this is not after just one game for people that heard that came at me about this statement that I said. It's not just including this game as what I saw on film in college. I truly believe, I truly believe it. If we can put Odell Beckham Jr. on the pedestal he is on, and him being the Madden cover. Why cannot? Why can't Nelson Aguilar have that same impact as Odell Beckham Jr.? I'm just saying, and I said that. I said I think Nelson Aguilar can have the same impact like Odell Beckham Jr. And Odell only played 12 games in the regular season. I'm just saying. In in what is arguably a better system, a better offensive system. Right. 
So right. if you look at if you look at Odell Beckham Jr.'s numbers from last season, there is literally nothing that would lead me to believe that um, Aguilar can't do that as a rookie. There's especially in an offense that's so high powered, so pedal to the metal as the Chip Kelly Eagle offense. There's nothing that hints that Aguilar can't get. 85 to 90 balls thrown uh, receptions uh, over 1,200 yards and eight or nine touchdowns. It's very possible that he could do that. It definitely is. I mean, we saw Jordan Matthews do that out of the slot last year. Had about 800 yards and eight touchdowns. Out of the slot, he was doing that. So imagine having Aguilar on the outside. He can do that with no. He can do that with no problem. And also another thing. Why did not we see more Josh Huff on the field today? Like, as somebody said on Twitter, when did he just get the uh, get the uh, get the uh, get the conventional "Hey, you only get one series and you're done" type of treatment? Uh, did I miss something about Josh Smith not seeing more playing time on the field today? It's hard to say. I'm not. Maybe they wanted to get Aguilar more involved. Maybe they wanted to get his feet wet right away. That mm-hmm. would be my only. Um, thought process behind that because yeah you did see a lot of Aguilar you did see a lot of Jeff Mayo you even saw a little bit of G.J. Kenney you, uh, watch out for Rasheed why Bailey you didn't, Rasheed Bailey local Roxborough High School product I don't I don't know why we didn't see much of Josh Huff or any of Josh Huff to be honest mm-hmm. I don't know if there's I don't know if there's an injury that we need to be concerned about I don't know if there's timing. I don't know if he's not coming along as maybe it was reported in the off season. Nobody really knows. I mean, of course, people are going to speculate, but no one really knows right now. Yeah, you're definitely right. Nobody knows. And, you know, I think that's going to be something to look at going for this week forward because the Ravens are coming up to Philly, I think, for a joint practice this weekend, Lula, their preseason game this week, this upcoming weekend. So it's going to be interesting to see how they how the joint practices go with uh, go with both teams this upcoming week. Uh, we brought, we got about 11-something minutes here on the podcast, and well, let's move on to one more thing, one more thing from this game, and that was the defense. The defense, I have to say, we got the chance to see Byron Maxwell for the first time, Nolan Carroll, Walter Thurman, that whole new course, secondary, secondary. No Kiko or Michael Kendrick today, but we saw Fletcher Cox still doing his thing, stuffing the run. Benny Logan still stuffing the run, doing his thing. But we saw some pretty good flashes from Eric Rowe and Reynolds, the Reynolds, the second to second year guy. Even Marcus Smith making some plays. Uh, what did you see from the defense today, a deal that has you feeling comfortable or? Still, you still have questions about. I mean, obviously, I'm going to start in the trenches. Benny, that that three down set with Cox and Logan and Cedric Thornton, that could easily, easily be the three best defensive linemen in the NFL that are playing in a three-four scheme, uh, a two-gap system. The the Niners are definitely not what they used to be. The Patriots are not what they used to be. The Steelers are not what they used to be. With the exception of maybe Seattle, the Eagles probably have the best front three two-gap defensive linemen in the NFL right now. 
And yeah, that's going to open up a lot of things. And that's why Marcus Smith looked as good as he did today. He didn't look, um, he didn't, he didn't look world beating or anything like that, but he was making <laughs> plays. He was getting involved. He was doing what he wasn't doing last year. Looked very good in coverage. There were still some plays where he got blown up on a couple of times, and once or twice he made the wrong read. But overall, Marcus Smith looked really good. And as far as the secondary, overall, good grades. And one thing that I like is that the secondary, they're giving everybody the Charles Tillman treatment. If you have the ball in open space, you better be protecting it because it will get punched at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're definitely we saw, you're, you're right about that. We saw Eric Rowe get that once. We saw Eric Rowe assist on one. Uh, the Chris Marigos fumble that was recovered. Two interceptions by Jalen Watkins, I believe it was. Ed Reynolds with two interceptions. Ed Reynolds, I'm sorry. I, so many rotating dudes in the secondary. It's hard to keep track of who were rotating in and rotating out. But, yeah, Ed Reynolds looked really good. We might actually have – we have a pretty young, talented secondary, and Byron Maxwell looks steady. He's going to be a steady and calming force along with Malcolm Jenkins. Secondary looked a lot better than it did last year. We're not going to give so many plays – we're not going to give up so many plays of 20 yards or more or 40 yards or more. I don't see that happening. No, and we saw that today just in the first Colts drive. Yes, there was no T.Y. Hilton. For the, uh, there was no T.Y. Hilton or Dante Moncrief for the uh, Colts today, but we there was still Andre Johnson, uh, Philip Dorsett, uh, Philip Andre Johnson and Philip Dorsett on the field, and uh, for you who the other wide receiver, that might be Deron Carter who was on the field too. But in that first, even on that first drop, thing was the first two plays they, they we saw the Colts go right to a passing play. And I was just watching Byron on replay, just watching Byron Maxwell on Philip Dorsett. And luck was looking towards that way, but it was just like, yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not throwing it over there because Maxwell is just hovering over him. With like, and Philip no Dorsett looked okay. Philip Dorsett mm-hmm. looked good. He looked, he looked all right. He was, he was getting in space and he was making catches and doing interesting things that you like to see out of a rookie who uh, it was kind of a confusing pick when the Colts took him when they did and then they re-signed T.Y. Hilton anyway so who knows what's going on there but next week is going to be a pretty decent test because Brashad Perriman is somebody that can blow the top off a defense so that'll be an interesting test for the secondary. Steve Smith also they're going to see a lot of Steve Smith in that game um uh, I don't think Dennis Pitta is playing at tight end. I don't know. I think he's so injured. The linebackers definitely won't get tested with Max Williams and uh, Crockett Gilmore also in a tight end. And, and, the, and the Ravens are going to throw a bevy of wide receivers at, uh, at the Eagles, like you said, Bashard Perryman, uh, Steve Smith, Kamal Aiken. Um, I'm probably missing a few Marlon Brown. Also, my boy Jeremy and, Butler from University of Tennessee Martin. I told him that I'm going to be watching him closely next week. So, you know, Jeremy, if you listen, I'm going to be watching. And I wish that the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line would see some kind of decent competition this preseason because they didn't really get much from the Colts. They're not going to get much from the Ravens because Haloti Nada is in Detroit. It's it's hard to Packers? say when they're gonna. Uh, 
the Packers might give them a little bit of work. It depends on how many snaps. I mean, that all, I mean, the from, Packers offense. I mean, the Packers offense is going to give the Eagles defense a test. I'll say that. I'll say that as much. It it will. I'm def- I really want to see how these guards are going to progress. Uh, Alan Barbary and um, the, the left guard taking over for Todd Harriman. I want to see what they're going to do against a decent first-class defense, because like I said, Indianapolis not going to give them too much pressure, no. not much of a pass rush on the inside. Baltimore is not really going to do it either. The Packers, you're going to get the outside pressure from guys yeah. like Clay Matthews and Julius Peppers, but we have yeah. the tackles to do, some, to do some stuff against them. And then the Jets, by then, it's going to be the fourth preseason game, so you're probably not going to see a whole lot of Muhammad Wilkerson. You're probably not going to see a whole lot of that first squad defense. So what you're probably going to see in that first opening game is a serious test for that, for that new set of guards and they haven't really been tested yet this preseason. Yeah, and and, and I'm glad you brought, I'm glad you brought that up about the offensive line because I think that's going to be the key, especially like you said, the left guard is going to be Barbary, but at the right guard position, it's a, it's a rotating door. They don't know who's going to get it. It's going to be Andrew Gardner, it's going to be John Moffitt, it's going to be Tobin. I think, or didn't tell you, or who else? I don't know. I forgot who the last and person. John Moffat looked. John Moffat looked good too. Like he was, he was mowing some guys down. And one thing that Mike Mayock was saying on the broadcast is how Moffat has a bit of a mean streak, kind of like Evan Mathis did, or does I should say, but just he's just younger. But he's still really, he's still really raw. He's still. 18 months removed from football after checking himself in the rehab, so that's not that's not a situation you want to throw a guy in there week one under those kinds of circumstances. Oh yeah, definitely. And I've also forgot that we forgot to mention one player on this podcast that we didn't mention, and we're almost out of time, but we didn't mention him. Demarco Murray. Are we going to see him next week, or are we just going to hold him off for the whole preseason because they're just trying to limit his work by a lot? If I have to guess right now, you're probably going to see a lot of Ryan Matthews against Baltimore, and you might see a little DeMarco Murray against Green Bay for maybe a, a series, a singular series. Mm-hmm. But you're going to see a lot of Ryan Matthews. You're going to see a lot of Darren Sproles. And aside from a fantasy standpoint, you kind of want to see what DeMarco Murray is going to look like in this offense. But right. DeMarco Murray is what he is. He's a north-south runner. That's why they brought him here. So I have full confidence that Murray is going to be able to find holes and get yards in this offense. And he hopefully won't pull a Trent Richardson where there's a gigantic hole to his left and he just runs and he just runs towards contact. Just like Trent, just juke to your left a little bit and it's daylight. Yeah, I, I, yeah, Trent Richardson bandwagon is just long and gone. I mean, I mean, I've called it from the jump. Latavius Murray you have to be that team's lead back going into the regular season. It's just is that no not the about. is that not the that has got to be the photo of the preseason so far? It, <laughs> it has is. To be. I've seen on Twitter. All I've been seeing it on Twitter ever since that happened. I've seen. Like when the guy it was, and they mean memes made out of it. Like, how did he not just like go like the whole left side is like literally wide open? Like he, he's a that's a guaranteed touchdown, and he just goes just up and one cut left trend. Just one cut left trend. That was it. 
I mean, if you're Trent Richardson, and Trent Richardson couldn't even stick with the Colts. The Colts. He couldn't even stick with the Colts. And they had no running game at all last year. And he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't cut it with them. And now he's in Oakland where he had a chance to win the starting job. I don't even think that's going to happen. Ever since Latavius Murray had that breakout game last season on Thursday Night Football, who I did pick up on my fantasy league last year, he was a real, he was a real good still, by the way. I like Latavius yeah, that, Murray this year. Really do. That job is Latavius Murray's to lose at this point. Because it's it's just him. You're not you're not going to get a, who are you going to get Trent challenge from Trent Richardson. You really are? Yeah. Are you really afraid of Roy Halu taking your taking your carries? No, just stop it. No, Jack <laughs> Jack Del Rio, Jack Jack Del Rio, head coach of the Oakland Raiders. Listen to me. You put Latavius Murray in that offense and you give him the ball two hundred times. All right, that's what you yep. do. Yep. Yep. You're you're right about that. That's what you do, and then you just feed the ball with Derek. My Crabtree gets some Clive Wofford. Just you, you got you got something off it. But uh, Oakland's not necessarily a sleeper team for me to do any kind of damage. But they, I can see them going eight and eight easy. They yeah. won't win the NFC West, but they'll go eight and eight. They'll they'll be okay. Yeah, they definitely will. And that's going to wrap up the podcast here tonight on Block Talk Radio. I like to thank everybody for tuning in once again. I like to thank a deal for hopping in. The co-host shared, uh, co-host shared tonight, Angela. Uh, you're going to hear from us if you, when you listen to this podcast about their residential gesture comment. You're going to hear from us when you when and, listen to this podcast. And I'm, I'm keeping the seat warm. It, you, it'll, it'll be nice and toasty for when you get back. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, for tuning in, we'll talk to you same time, same place here on uh, on, on, on Blog Talk Radio when we'll be talking about what happened in week two against the Ravens and the Eagles. Everybody have a good night. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. <laughs>